Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved with helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Kate Cote, founder of Fur Love Comfort Cats. Kate has been working with traveling cats for most of her life. For Love Comfort Cats has done all kind of community outreach, including street ministry, nursing home visits, and public speaking. Her goal is to bring a friendly cat to visit people who, for whatever reason, cannot have a pet of their own. She and her kitties share their inspiring stories of hope with the people that they visit. Kate, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks for having me, Stacey. I'm so excited to be on your show. <laughs> well, that's great. And thank you for joining us. We are two uh, Massachusetts natives, so we will have to acknowledge and hope that the uh, Celtics are doing well at this time of year. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so can you share a little bit with our listeners the story of how you got involved with uh, animal welfare and your passion for cats? Well, actually, I've been working with cats my entire life, Stacy. When I was two months old, I had a very dear friend who was a cat that saved my life in the city of Worcester. I was attacked by a giant rat when I was in my carriage, and my old friend Butch uh, saved my life. And then later on in life, when I was about 10, I, be, I unfortunately became a stutterer and I had problems with my speech. And Butch's little daughter became my first traveling cat. And she went everywhere with me and gave me peace and comfort when I went out in public. And I just have carried it over to this day. So as you can see, my speech problems have resolved themselves. But my passion for traveling with cats is still the same. So tell me about For Love Comfort Cats. What is, what specifically is it that you do? How long have you been doing it? And how many years, how many cats have you had involved in this program? Well, actually, as of today, there have been 13 For Love Cats that I've worked with. I won't take the time to give you all their names, but the oldest of our cats, Mew, did her last comfort visit when she was 26. So she... She worked for quite a long time alongside me in the community, and we just go everywhere. I take the cats with me everywhere uh, to get them used to, you know, sounds and situations and locations. And we've been working in the Worcester area for the last 30 years. And so now we're multi-generational. Uh, a lot of people come up to me who have children of their own. And they tell me how great it is that their children will now grow up experiencing the fur love comfort cats. Hmm. So you take the cats to individual homes, to nursing homes, pretty much libraries, schools, you pretty much anywhere? Yes, anywhere where cats are allowed, they've gone with me. And what gave you the idea to start this program? It was interesting because I, I just go around with cats all the time. I always have cats with me, cats in my car. And a man that I knew was going into a nursing home to volunteer. And he suggested that I bring a cat 
I had a big friendly Maine Coon at the time. His name was Big Kitty. And he suggested that I go with him and bring Big Kitty into the nursing home. And he, and he was such a huge success that when he began to get older and he couldn't go out with me anymore, I realized that I needed to have more cats that I've you know, exposed to this method of, of training, so to speak. And so I just began working with other cats and kittens and people got to know about us and asked me to start bringing the cats to their organizations and their groups. And it's just, it's become very popular in this area. Mm. I'm mildly familiar with Worcester from being in the Massachusetts area. And they have recently, well, within the last five years, I would say, have a quite a strong uh, spay-neuter program for for cats in the in the community. Have you seen things change for cats in Worcester over the last twenty or thirty years? Yes, we we actually know we're very good friends with Karen Powers, who uh, started Spay Worcester. In fact, one of our cats is on her Facebook page. Her, uh, it's really funny because Bo is, is in her arms on her Facebook page and she is constantly getting requests to adopt him. And she tells everyone that he's a comfort cat. So it's really nice to see the the people coming together in Worcester uh, to help these cats, you know, get spayed and find homes and actually come off the street and go to Worcester Animal Rescue League. And so we know a lot of those people, uh, even though we're not doing street ministry right now in Worcester, we do know a lot of the people there and we applaud all the good work that they do in Worcester to help the cats. Can you tell me what it's like during a typical nursing home visit? I mean, what do you do? How do you prepare for the visit? What happens when you arrive there? And then is there something that you have to do follow-up-wise for the cats as well as for the people? Oh, Stacy, I would like to invite you to join us some Saturday for a visit. Because when we go to the nursing home, it just changes the atmosphere completely. It just changes everything there. It's just unbelievable. When I started this, I really thought it would just be about the residents of the nursing home. But it's it's on so many levels that you can't even understand it. You know, we walk in, the cats sometimes will get on the receptionist desk and visit with the receptionist. And, you know, they, they wear wings and costumes. I wear funny hats. And it's this whole thing that has come together over the years through, you know, personal experience of working with them. One of the women used to constantly push the plate on to open the door all day long, one of the residents, and she began to play a game with the cats. It's evolved into the magic doors game and everyone plays this game with the cats because they don't understand how the doors open spontaneously and there's no people there. So it's like this I just strolled through the nursing home with the cats in their stroller. And it's like a big four-hour game that we just have fun. We talk to the families. We talk to the staff. The staff is having a bad day. They want to pet the cats, the residents, some of the people there who are not really connected anymore to, you know, where they are, what's going on. They always know that a cat is a cat. And they know how to pet it. And it's just such a wonderful time. And when I leave there, 
sometimes we have to leave, of course, when they bring the food out. But sometimes I'll talk to the staff. I'll be there for five or six hours, just, just bringing joy to people, letting them pat the cats. The visitors come in and pet them. And it's just a wonderful time. And the cats, of course, they're really funny because they sleep off and on during their visits because they're just so comfortable with the visiting. And I always say to people, you know, don't you wish you could sleep and do your job too? You know, <laughs> they just go in, they act like cats. Right. Well, and there's lots of lots of uh, chairs and lots of laps to sit in too. Well, they we pretty much confine it to the stroller because they do have claws, and that's the thing. You know, people are always saying, "Oh, they need to be declawed." Well, no, that's never going to happen. You know, so we have to be careful that they don't sit on someone and accidentally pick their skin. You know, because people are on Coumadin. And so I don't, it's, it's really kind of strange that the, a man there, his name is Henry, and he says, your cats are weird. You don't let anybody pick them up. And they don't like it. Well, cats don't like to be picked up. So they go to the people, you know, and they'll get out and they'll get in someone's bed and let them pat them or they'll stay in the stroller, depending on their mood, you know, and everyone gets to touch them and interact with them. But I don't let anybody pick them up because that could be a recipe for disaster. Do you struggle with self-care and taking time for yourself? Recharge and reconnect with your passion at the Rescue Me Retreat, a four-day, three-night getaway for animal caregivers, volunteers, and activists that focuses on managing compassion fatigue and burnout. During the retreat, you'll be surrounded by a small group of people that share your passion for helping animals. You'll be given a safe space to talk about some of the struggles that are inherent in animal welfare work, plus the opportunity to slow down, relax, and have fun. The Rescue Me Retreat will be held from June 29th through July 2nd on beautiful Lake Michigan and includes healthy meals, nature hikes, massage, group activities, and discussions, one-on-one sessions with compassion fatigue therapist Jennifer Blau, access to the beach and water activities, yoga, and more. Learn more at thecompassionfatiguepodcast.com slash rescue-me-retreat and get $100 off if you register before April 1st. You spend so much time taking care of others. You deserve this. <coughs> Have you spoken with your vet about the Feline Fix by Five Months campaign? Fix by Five is a program to raise awareness about the importance of getting kittens fixed before they are five months old in order to prevent unplanned litters. Fix by Five has now been endorsed by all the major national veterinary organizations. We urge you now to make sure that your vet has this information and is able to share it with clients. To get the full story, check out Fix by Five Months website. Google Fix by Five to get all the information. Again, Google Fix by Five for free vet info packets, media kits, articles, and more. Remember, Fix by Five saves lives. So how many nursing homes do you cover like during a month's time? It depends on the, the number of clients we have because family can actually hire us to come and sit with family members. So it depends, you know, on what our client base is because it's kind of a sad thing to do because unfortunately, you know, sometimes people pass away. We do have some nice stories where people actually go home and of course, then they don't need a visit anymore because they visit, you know, they have their own cats. 
we will go anywhere where people want us to come. We have one one residence that we started going to because my aunt was actually there as a resident and she passed away. And there was a lot of concern amongst the people that we wouldn't come anymore now that my aunt wasn't there. So out of loyalty, we, we go to that one every week for four hours and we have a loyal fan base of people that we visit there. That's great. That's fantastic. So if there was someone who wanted to try to do what you do in Worcester in another part of the country, is there some advice that you would share with them? It, it takes a lot of persistence to do what I do. So now we're working with kittens. I'm working with kittens that are three months old. And a lot of the equipment that the that we use and leashes and things, I, I developed myself. So when you start out working with kittens, of course, you have to get them used to wearing collars. And they keep their collars on all the time. And I have made now little leashes that are actually lanyards. They're almost like little um, little shoelaces that they wear because they're lightweight. Of course, they're little tiny kittens. And so as they get older, their collars will get bigger. Their leashes will get stronger. And, you know, so I work with strollers. Uh, I walk them. They're all leash trained. They'll actually walk on leashes. But you have to do it consistently every day with them. And a lot of people don't want their cats wearing collars all the time. But these cats are used to it. In fact, Zora Rose was in the cat show in May and she got very upset because she had to keep taking her collar off during the show. And that upset her because she used to having that collar on all the time. And it kind of you know, rocked her little world that she had to take her collar off. And she got rather cranky about it towards the end of the show. But, you know, had she not had to take her collar off, she would have been fine at the cat show. Right. I mean, I'd mentioned that's sort of like, uh, you know, a service dog vest kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to, there was a story that you were talking about in our a little pre- interview chat about a, a very interesting story about a, a woman that, that you met in, in one of your visits to a nursing home. And it's sort of a story sharing, you know, why it's important to bring more community into nursing homes in general, which I think is very important because it's, it's a very isolating environment. And the more that we can bring from the outside world into nursing homes, I think would be is really fantastic. And and you had a, a story that you wanted to share with our listeners. Yes. I'd like to, well, considering that today is Pearl Harbor Day, I thought it would be appropriate to share about Edna. I actually came from a World War II background. My family, my dad and five of his brothers were actually in World War II. And there's a lady there that we visited in the nursing home. Her name is Edna. And I visited her for a number of years. And all she ever talks about is the weather. You know, she would always ask me about the weather. And then that's the end of our conversation. And so one Saturday I was there and it happened to be Memorial Day. And they had a movie on with Gene Kelly, where Gene Kelly was the sailor. And she saw that and it brightened her right up. And she said, oh, honey, there's something about a sailor. Isn't there? Aren't they just so handsome? And so I told her my dad was the sailor. And she went on to tell me that she was a welder during World War II. And she worked on building the ships after our fleet was bombed at Pearl Harbor. 
And she told me all this fantastic story. And it was such an honor to be there for Edna and to hear her story and to hear all of this history that she shared. And at one point I said to her, wow, Edna, you know, girls like us are working and having jobs today because of women like you. And one of the things that she told me about being a welder was that she was the thinnest of the girls on her welding team. And so they would lower her in her welding equipment on a rope down a pipe into the the hold of the ship and she would actually weld the plates onto the ship. And it was a very dangerous job. And she said she never told her mother that she did that because her mother would have put a stop to Edna doing this welding. And then at the end, she said when they, they would have competitions amongst the, the the lady welders to see who could finish their ship first. And the Navy gave them awards, you know, and they would go and see their ships be launched. And, you know, at the end of, of spending this time with her, I just felt so honored to be able to visit Edna and to share the cats and to share my time and have her have someone that she could share her life with. You know, because I say to people sometimes, you know, there's still a person in there. And sometimes like with Edna, she just came to life that day on Memorial Day. And as a matter of fact, I actually wrote a story about her on our Facebook page. And you know, said, what a, what a wonderful experience that was for me to have her share that story with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, if folks are interested in finding out more about For Love, Comfort, Cats, how would they find you? Okay. Well, first off, I'll give you our phone number. It's 508-476-3041. Or you can check our website, which is furlovecomfortcats.com. My email, surprisingly enough, is catlady109 at hotmail.com. And that's catlady with a K. And you can also find us on Facebook at our Fur Love Comfort Cats page. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Just that it's an awesome experience to work with cats. And I would encourage anyone who wants to do this to get in touch with me um, because, you know, cats are really very, very smart. And if you work with them and raise them the right way, it, you'll find that it's a very rewarding experience to be able to do what what we do at For Love Comfort Cats. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It would be ideal in my world that every nursing home, pretty much any possible place out there would be open door to having cats come in and at least visit, if not to have resident cats, but to be able to keep people engaged with cats would be really fantastic. You know, if we could have that all around the country and all around the world. Well, you know, Stacy, my big hairy dream is to see cats in prison you know, I think that would be a perfect way to empty out all the shelters. And there's been a lot of uh, data accumulated on bringing pets into the prisons. It cuts down on the violence because they only allow well-mannered prison- prisoners to have a pet. And it wouldn't be like the pit bulls and parolees program where they would, you know, raise them and then they would go somewhere else. These would be their personal pets. And I just think that that would make everyone's life better. It would 
provide a place for these these shelter cats to go and for the prisoners they would have something to love and and have compassion yeah that's a fantastic idea i think that's excellent and and great and and a topic for another show if we can actually find uh, that kind of a program happening so if anybody knows of a program that's a resident program where there are cats in the prisons. I know that there's some feral cat colonies that live at some prisons and the prisoners have really enjoyed having them around. And as the colonies get smaller over years, that becomes a concern. So adding more cats to the colonies would be good, but sometimes people don't feel that way. But if there's uh, even a stronger program where they're really cats are the direct pets of um, prisoners, please share that information. Feel free to always email me at stacy at communitycatspodcast.com. But Kate, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on in the future. I hope so too. And you have a wonderful day, Stacy. Thank you. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with email and groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of community cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. Ah!